Coming up this week on Kings of the Rings podcast, the future is endeavor for WWE after a record-setting WrestleMania. However, the future isn't so clear for both Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes. We break down one of the biggest acquisitions in the history of sports and entertainment, as well as the instant classic that was WrestleMania 39. So sit back, relax, break a leg, you're up here, McMahon. Terror Quad, because it's Kings of the Rings podcast, episode number 335, The Hollywood Hangover, exclusively on WrestleMania Radio, and it starts Mud. right now. We're like, we're like the Kings of the Rings quadcast, am I right? Oh, very nice. That's what we should have called it, the Kings of the Rings quadcast. You know, looking back at it, maybe we should have called it the quadcast. That would be really, really fucking funny. Just have a picture of <laughs> the Kings of the Rings quadcast, dude. Just have a picture of saying that's just, why we that's why we guess we can't, we can't name episodes beforehand anymore. How right? Hangover we, had good alliteration. I'm I'm sticking it is. with I, it. I do I do love alliteration. And the but cover, used to, the cover's did, awesome. Remember we used to do that? We didn't name shows until the end. Well, yeah, that's because we weren't live. I have to have something up there on the title screen. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it we really gotta have. Fuck you up. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to <clears throat> Kings of the Rings podcast, episode number three hundred and thirty-five, the Hollywood Hangover. I am your host, King Ricky Rose, and I am almost, almost tired of all the wrestling that I watched in the past week. However, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. In the ring, and most importantly, outside of the ring, one of the biggest acquisitions in the history. Of essentially business in the modern era um, to, that we have to really, really discuss. Uh, Kay is at Dynamite, and lo and behold, yay, Jay White showed up. We kind of figured that. Uh, Will, how are you doing? Uh, $9 billion is a lot of money. Where can I cash in? <laughs> that's, that's that's true. I, I don't know where you can cash in. Ah, future endeavor. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's that's me cashing in. That's pretty good. <laughs> I'm good, man. It's been it was a great week of wrestling. Uh, WrestleMania was a lot of fun. I get Chinese on Saturday, pizza on Sunday, leftovers on Monday and Tuesday. Nice. Hell yeah. It was you good. and the toilet must have been great friends. Oh, we were. There was it was not anything out of the, out of the ordinary, but we did do a party pie. It was 24 inches of cheddar and pulled pork on the pizza. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Really good. So like, like was there was there bucks. barbecue sauce with it or not? No, we could have if we could have if we wanted to. I had barbecue sauce. I didn't think of that. Yeah. But uh, it was like a regular cheese marinara pie mm-hmm. with uh, cheddar and pulled pork. Interesting. Yeah. Topping. Oh, shut up. Right. Hey, hey, what's going on, Mr. Wild People? Thank you for showing up. It's no fumble. Jay White is not needed in WWE, and we can talk about that at a later date. Uh, but yeah, if they wanted him, they would have got him. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 there's it's no fumble with Jay White. Trust me. Yeah, yeah they didn't fumble. They just like, why well, play the game? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they didn't bother playing the game. Did you see their WrestleMania? Jay White's not needed. They're like they're like we just sold for nine billion dollars. We can have a switchblade in here. We can barely have the guns. <laughs> Yeah, so WrestleMania weekend was wild. We're going to break that all down. We are pretty much primarily going to be talking about WrestleMania weekend because there's a lot of information that has come out about WrestleMania. But more importantly, there's a lot of information regarding the future of WWE as a whole. Yes, we are talking about the Endeavor deal. So a couple of months ago, uh, 
at the return of Vince McMahon, there there was rumblings about a future sale of the company. With uh, the big rumor and the big scare was that it was going to be sold to the Saudis or maybe uh, a company like NBC, NBC Universal, Fox, so on and so forth. I didn't think it was going to be sold to the people who hold UFC. Last people on my mind, but we should have seen this coming. Should have seen this I'm coming. Shocked. I'm shocked. I'm shocked because. It makes me wonder if Dana White and Vince McMahon had a conversation, and I would love to have that recorded. <laughs> Just listening to them two talk, he's like, but no, but my sport's real. <laughs> Mine, pal. It's real entertainment. No, no, no. no. Mine's real. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Like, this, this deal is crazy, and I'm glad, honestly, I'm glad it's going to a company I've never heard of, because that means I think it's not going to change that much. No. Uh, long story short, for this, and I'll, we'll break it down a little bit more after I read uh, kind of the, the report from CNBC. Nothing is actually going to change with the product uh, in theory that we know about. It's just that they're going to answer to a couple more people. Instead of, you know, their own board, they have another board yeah. to answer to. That's, I, that's pretty much the gist of it. Um, and the board only cares about the money and the returns. Yeah. So Yeah, it's like we we didn't buy you to take control. We bought you to profit off of you so we don't have to do anything. Correct. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much that that is exactly uh, what it is. And something to keep in mind, I, I don't have the press release actually at handy with me, but initially WWE had been talking about when they were going into looking at buying the the word was strategic alternatives. Was what they what were looking for. They're looking at strategic alternatives. It's just jargon to say, hey, we're actually going to try. We're looking to sell the company. We're going to see how much money we can get. Strategic alternatives. Mm, it's like evaluation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to put it on. We're going to put it up for sale. We're going to see what we can get for it. And if the money's good, if the deal is right, we're going we're gonna to sell. If it's not, we're going to keep it. Strategic alternatives. It's, it's, it's just coding. Um, the rumor is that Vince McMahon put the company up for uh, he's, his asking price was $8 billion. Which sounds about right. A little, like a little above what their market value is, but that's fucking fine. You never sell a house for market value either. You always kind of right. sell it up. Yeah, <laughs> I would have if I had to guess how much it's worth. I would have guessed around eight, ten billion. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. So it was sold, uh, or and there were probably some suitors. Uh, there's rumors that Saudi was probably a suitor for it. Um, there were probably some other people, other companies, or other. Brands that were saying, yeah, we'll pay $8 billion for it because have you, have you seen WrestleMania this week? Yeah, they're worth $8 billion, at least. Um, but according to what we have so far, uh, the report from CNBC is saying that Endeavor, uh, well, World Wrestling Entertainment, has agreed to merge with USC, the former new publicly traded company controlled by the Endeavor Group. The company is announced Monday morning. Endeavor will own a 51% stake in the new combat sports and entertainment company, while WWE shareholders will have the remaining 49%. For the most part, this is the same deal that's actually going on right now. 51-49, this is kind of commonplace with majority with people owning majority stake in a company, and, when it's and since it is publicly traded, the upper 49% goes to the public. This is common practice. Okay. Well, yeah, so that's true because the public compass, if, if, is Endeavor's private, I'm assuming? Or does it not matter? And it doesn't matter. Endeavor's managing it, but UFC and WWE are going to be merging and creating their own company. 
Mm. That's right, because the stock, I didn't even think about that. W is a public company. What does that mean for the stock and the shareholders? Like, they get paid too. They get they gotta get paid out mm-hmm. for something. There is, the value of the stock is not going to go down because yeah. it's only 49% of the whole there, There's There's more information on this uh, as, it, as it comes up. So it said, um, the deal values WWE at $9.3 billion and UFC, which is owned by Endeavor, at $12.1 billion, the company said in a press release, which I can pull up. So this new company is going to be valued at $21 billion. Say as much as that's like what, what Twitter's worth. Yeah, okay. Um, so, Ari Emanuel, who is the guy who owns Endeavor, okay, Ari Emanuel... I will act as chief executive of both Endeavor and the new company, the company said. McMahon, likewise, will be the executive chairman, while Endeavor president and COO, chief operating officer Mark Shapiro, will also work in the same roles at the new company. Dana White will remain president of UFC, and WWE CEO Nick Khan will stay on as president of the wrestling business, a.k.a. WWE. So let's break down the hierarchy here. Uh, for everybody to understand. So this is similar to the Alphabet company owning Google, who actually mm-hmm. owns Fitbit. This is similar to the Disney company who owns Marvel, Star Wars, Nat- National Geographic, ESPN, ABC. Same thing. They are Marvel. Ar- Marvel, yeah. yeah. They um, Star, Star Wars. Wars, yes. So these companies, so. These companies like Star Wars, Marvel are allowed to have are allowed to act independently, and companies like Alphabet, who owns Google or Disney, in this instance, is probably the best uh, analogy for it. Just oversees them and makes sure and makes sure that they're continually making money for them. It's a facade to make them think you're not make them think you're not a monopoly. Yeah, essentially, it's diversifying your assets. Yeah. <laughs> for the most part. So we have competition. It's like, I didn't know that there's only like four beer manufacturers. Like Coors and Corona is owned by the same parent company. And Hauser Bush, right? And Hauser Bush. Yeah. But yeah, but like, I don't know if those are two two things, but it's like. And Hauser Bush is one company. There's so many beer options out there, but not after all owned by the same parent company. No, but they're. It's like, yeah. it's weird. Yeah, that's why, that's why like the local brewery thing has kind of like jumped up in the past couple of years. Yeah. So when you think about it, this this deal is just so typical American business. Mm-hmm. Like this this shit exists everywhere. Yeah. So um, so let, let's again break it down. So Ari Emanuel is head of Endeavor. He is going to be the overseer of all overseas. And don't bring up Wu-Tang Financial, Mr. YLP. Great reference. <laughs> <laughs> They better do it with Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> That's a great callback, dude. Wu-Tang. How have I not seen a meme about that yet? I don't know. Um, so anyway, Ari Emanuel will be running Endeavor, and also be, and it's the overseer of all overseas. So everybody has to answer to Ari Emanuel if he, if he so chooses. Then under that, you're going to have this new business that's merged together. Think of the WWE merger and the UFC merger as like, could you imagine if the NFL and the NBA say, we're just going to form our own super league? Yeah, right. <laughs> or our own super company. Or what if, like for college football, what if the SEC and the Big Ten said, fuck everybody else, we're going to do our own thing. This is Theoretically, though, Ricky, they could. Yeah, the NBA yeah. and the NFL theoretically could do that. Yeah. This is exactly the kind of a thing. So this new company, which is going to be, which is going to have the stock market, um, 
uh, initials of TKO, which is hysterical, <laughs> by the way. Um, they don't have a name for it yet, but this company is going to essentially be the parent company of WWE and UFC. WWE and UFC are still going to be WWE and UFC. They're just going to be owned by a company that's going to be created. Whatever they're going to call it, we don't know. Yeah, the branding is not going to change. Yes, the branding is not going to change. It's the name isn't going to change. Correct. It's still going to be UFC champion. It's yeah. still going to be like Jorgen's still going to work for the UFC. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're not going to. It's just the only thing that's changing is legal paperwork. That's pretty much it. Pretty much it. And so we're going to. It's that and money behind. It's like it's all. You got to follow all, the money. Yeah. It's all backdoor stuff. You got to follow the money. Yeah. Yeah. So there's more to this. Money and legal paperwork is really the only difference. So the board is going, the board of this new company will consist of 11 people, six appointed by Endeavor, who already owns UFC, so that's the that's whatever, and five appointed by WWE. So like we said, the, merges, the merge company's name will be announced at a later date. Um, so blah, blah, blah. We're talking about McMahon here. Shares of WWE at the... This was Monday morning. Shares of WWE are up more than 33% this year as of Friday's closing bell, giving it a market value. Market value of $6.79 billion. So they, so they pretty much sold for about almost $3 billion above market value. Let's see. The past five, yeah, the past five days, our stock price is up 10%. Yeah. Um, $9. Mm-hmm. Past month, it's up, it's up 20% in the past month. Thirty-five percent in the past six months. Year to date, it's up forty-four percent, and this just keeps going up. The one year is up sixty percent. Five years, it's up one hundred sixty-three percent. All time, it's up three hundred and twelve percent. Yeah, exactly. Like Jesus Christ, what a great investment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's there is actually more to the story. CNBC reports. I talk about the history of McMahon, but they say after Mr. McMahon came back in January, Stephanie McMahon stepped down. Uh, Nick Khan fully assumed the role of CEO. The Elder McMahon, and here's something I don't think you know. The Elder McMahon recently locked in a two-year employment contract according to securities filings. It's not only... Oh, he's, a, he's, an, he's, a, he's, a, he's an employee again. He's an employee of WWE again, yes. Yeah, I, I did know that. Yeah. Also, uh, WWE stock was $8 in 2002. What is it now? Okay, like it's actually March... Mar- let's go... March, let's go actually go April. April 19th, 2002 is $15. That's like after WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Right now it's at 98 <laughs> Jesus Christ. My goodness. Yeah, dude. That's, uh Yes. Um, oh, Fretz, we are going to talk about uh, creative automatically changing because creative automatically changed. It was evident on Monday, but we'll talk about that. Let's talk about Vince McMahon's new contract real quick. You want to hear this shit, Will? Yes, please. Part of his yeah, la- I, bet it inclu- I bet it includes blowjobs. <laughs> As part of his latest contract, which comes with an annual base salary of $1.2 million, Yeah, naturally. Which includes an incentive bonus target of 175% of that salary. Oh. <laughs> okay. It's like $4 million. That's like four $4 million. <laughs> So if the, this is the, the securities filing came out before the merger, no, it's not. so it said, if a deal were to be closed, which the deal was closed, McMahon receives $2.4 million lump sum payout, plus his incentive bonus would be doubled and paid up front. McMahon just made bank off of this deal. 
Not gonna lie, dude. <laughs> seeing that the, the, the deal was worth nine billion, I feel like he got short. He got shortchanged. <laughs> I feel like it needs, dude, it needs another, needs another zero on all of those numbers. Like it should, it should be ten point two million, and then twenty five percent of that number up front. Like, dude. <laughs> like, am I not wrong here? It's like we realize how small of a number that is in comparison to nine billion dollars in the sale. Who's <laughs> majority shareholder? Like, that's that's pretty modest yeah so Ugh. yeah so it's, it's crazy um so there's there's more here it says wwe offers endeavors shareholders a muscular media and live events business as well as decades worth of intellectual property the company generated 1.29 billion in revenue last year driven mainly by its one billion dollar media unit which we knew because of the contracts that they got UFC, meanwhile, has paid off for Endeavor. Last year, MMA League helped its parent company, Sports Business, make $1.3 billion in revenue. Endeavor's market cap stood at $10.53 billion as of last Friday. So, let's talk about this. Not only was this deal finalized, like we kind of already talked about, and like I said, nothing is really changing. The other thing that we also have to be aware of is... They actually went on TV and talked about this on CNBC on Monday. <laughs> Villain Vince, as I like to call him now. Yeah, he was, on, he was on TV. I, I saw that too. There's a couple of things that is very interesting. So Vince was asked about whether or not he's going to be in charge of creative. He said he's not going to be in the weeds as much as he was before. Ironically, this is the same kind of vernacular and vocabulary he used after he hired Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman to run Raw and SmackDown, respectively. And which makes you, which which lets you know he's fucking lying. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's lying. He, Of course he's going to say that because he wants you to think the TV product's good. Like, yeah. he wants you to, because if he, if he says, yes, I'm back in charge of creative, he knows people are going to shit on his product, which isn't good when you're trying to sell it. <laughs> so, yeah. Let people think Triple H is in charge. <laughs> it's not working, but yeah. let people think Triple H is in charge mm -hmm. and then you go do what you want to do so I was I was actually looking at some people's commentary on this a lot of people who are more market savvy than I am and they talked about Vince came back for a reason okay the reason was not to sell the company the reason was for he can maintain power and it's very very possible and very likely that Vince did have other offers from other people probably also including Saudi but Vince wanted to retain power of the company at all costs, no matter what. He's 77. He's never going to give it up. Also, also, why should he? But that's another topic for another time. What I think is very telling of that um, is, number one, the strategic alternatives thing that WWE was putting out, especially in their presser, which at the end of the, the announcement of the merger, they said this concludes our, res our, our, look at, our looking at strategic alternatives. Number one. Yeah. Number two, Ari Emanuel, who was sitting side by side with Vince on CNBC on Monday, said, well, after Vince said that he was pretty much going to be done with the wrestling business, and Ari Emanuel said, we know Vince said he was probably going to be done, but I was not going to allow Vince to leave the wrestling business, which is code for I was allowing Vince to retain power of the company as long as he gave it to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's exactly I mean, what which... it is. Which, which is his right. And that's probably what sold the deal. Arya's like, I'll take your company. You can still remain. You can still be an executive chairman of the board. I mean, executive of WWE. You can still maintain power over your company. All right. So uh, your, your, your endeavor, right? Mm -hmm. Vince McMahon tells you, I want 
I want the power. Like I see your price, but I want the power. Do you go extra billion, uh, lose power, make that offer, or go take off a million? You got a deal. Take off a billion and get a deal. Would you? Would you try? Would you try and add a billion or try and take off a billion? If Vince Ooh. tells you he really just wants power. Um. If, if all right. So if he's ooh. Okay. Let me think about this here. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, because if you give Vince an extra billion dollars, he might be like, all right, fine. But if you go, if you, but if you also go, I'll do the deal, but take off a billion dollars, he might also go, all right, fine. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, like, for me, my strategy would be, um, my strategy in that instance would be if he just, if he really says he wants the power, then I'm taking off a billion and, and, you know, and still keeping and still giving him power. Yeah, I agree. That's what that's I, would what I would do. do. That's probably what I would do too. Because if you figure out that his sole his sole purpose of this, which I believe it wholeheartedly was, was to remain in power, because he probably felt embarrassed that he was so essentially kicked out of his own company, and he's probably oh yeah, talk about controlling a narrative, yeah. Vince Christ. EC three, take notes. He's probably very vengeful uh, about that, which this seems to be the case, especially if you looked up on Raw on Monday. Um, yeah, if, if his sole interest is just control, yeah, yeah, I'll give you control, but we're not gonna, I'm not gonna buy it for as much as you want right now. You know, Dude, he that, probably thinks he's such a hero too. In his own mind, yes. Yeah, in his own mind, in his yes. own mind, he's like Vincent McMahon, you did it again. <laughs> it's like, You're clever. Bastard. He's like beating his chest. Right. Ah! <laughs> like, like, it's just in his bed, like, in tidy whiteies, <laughs> going crazy. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So it's like, dude, you yeah, like, Vince, you're the heel here. Yeah. No. Yeah. It it is <laughs> it is and it's damning it's damningly obvious that Vince was in power if you looked at the Raw After Mania, which was there's nothing to talk about at the Raw After Mania uh, that we're not going to cover in the rest of the show as we review WrestleMania. And let's do that right now. Let's kick it off with Oh, this is gonna be a hot topic. Um, before we get into before we get into the, the main event of main events, let's talk about WrestleMania as a whole. I have some stats for you, Will, that Please. I think you're going to enjoy. WrestleMania, by the numbers, this year's WrestleMania was the most successful WrestleMania of all time. We are talking about a total weekend attendance of 161,892. Eh, kayfabe. Well, when you think about it, I, fig- I figured out the science to it is that... You also include everybody in that building, so it's like fire marshal numbers. Oh, so you're including staff, crew, staff and crew. That jumps it up. There's a lot of people on that crew. <laughs> it's a lot of. I wonder. I wonder if. Uh, I wonder if that's like they've been they've been doing that forever. So like the it sounds like it probably. Maybe three number might be like not fudge. It's a real number. Just it's it's not honest on what the number actually means. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's still something you can promote on. So. Uh, the WrestleMania gate, this is talking about ticket sales. At the gate, $21.6 million. Oh, that's LA and inflation and Ticketmaster. Okay, $21.6 million, which is breaking the previous record by 27%. LA inflation and <laughs> Ticketmaster. Okay. Here's, <laughs> Sorry, here's, dude, it's, it's Monopoly. Whatever. Here, here's, this is also the most social WrestleMania of all time with over 500 million social media views. 11 million hours of social media video consumed over two days. Yeah, that's knocking fucks. Which is a 42% increase over last year's numbers. 
That's pretty crazy. Okay, it gets even more viewership of night one of WrestleMania surpassed existing global viewership by twenty eight percent. And that's that's a big that's the real reason why Vince sold to Peacock mm-hmm. because. P- I mean, WWE's included. So Peacock as itself has become a better streaming service. Because of WWE. More, and because of all the other factors. Yeah. Right? Like it's got, it's got uh, what's that show? Um, Yellowstone, whatever it's called. Yellowstone got big, yes. Like, people love that. So, like, Peacock as itself has become a better streaming service with and without WWE. Mm-hmm. So that gives them a natural bump, which is, is good business. Yeah. Here's the, here's another one for you. Night 2 of WrestleMania surpassed existing global viewership. By thirty three percent, which is absurd to think about, absolutely absurd. There's more. Merchandise sales were up twenty percent versus last year's WrestleMania. Inflation, <laughs> and it's LA. Mm-hmm. And as we talked about, sponsorship revenue eclipsed twenty million, which is more than two times the previous record. There was a yeah, lot of sponsors. Uh, so, do they hoard out so hard? of sponsors. But, hey, they're paying WWE for to be on the show. I get it. Well, I mean, it's also going to fill two nights. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I, I get it. And that, that show costs money. Look at that fucking set. I, I, was, I was going back and forth all day. I want sponsors I don't care about or wrestling matches I don't care about. <laughs> and I still don't have an answer for them. I hate both of them so much. So, that's WrestleMania by the numbers. That is... Knocking thoughts. They went all out for WrestleMania uh, overall. Yeah, dude, Hollywood. Overall, they did a great job, and they did a great job. Here's the thing: they also did a great job of integrating the Hollywood feel to this WrestleMania. Because like, Kevin Hart was really funny. Kevin Hart was really. I mean, WrestleMania always has some kind of like tagline, like you know, uh, the most the most stupendous WrestleMania, the the greatest yeah. thrill ride, deadly games. You know. Um, <laughs> But not, but it's not all the time that they actually stick to the theme throughout the whole show. And for this, for most of this weekend, they stuck to the theme with entrances, uh, the way it was marketed. It was beautiful. It was like watching a Hollywood movie come to life. It was really cool. This set was, oh my god, the set. Yeah. Oh. Whoa. Oh my god, it was so <laughs> fucking pretty. Yeah. I like I like a set where you can have the fans behind it. It's a great visual. And also helps build boost the attendance. Yes, and the camera angles. Like camera when, angles uh, are beautiful. It reminds me of um, series entrance when you're just like, look at all these fucking people from. They, it's cool to see from their perspective. Or Kevin Owens, we walked out of the gorilla. Yeah, and you see the sea of people in the nighttime, and it was gorgeous and purple. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it was. It reminds me of a 32 seconds. Remember the 32 set was also really low in Dallas. Yeah, it was really low. So it looks. It just looks so much bigger. So much. I mean, that stadium is massive in and of itself, but looks so much bigger. So that's WrestleMania by the numbers. But let's talk about what everybody is in a little bit of a tussle about, including myself. I told you guys. That finish to WrestleMania. Regardless of the outcome, that is a true main event. I have never seen, I've never listened to and watched... What I felt like a big fight feel. I'm talking, this is like Thrilla in Manila, like Ali Fraser. Dude, I was so pumped. <laughs> like, dude, I'm not even kidding. Like, they were they were coming out, like, the entrances, and I got really excited, and, like, the match started. 
I think Soligar ejected. Like my friend called me. I didn't even pick up the phone. And I was just like, I then fuck you. I don't care what the fuck you gotta say. I don't care if your grandmother's dead. I'm watching this fucking main event. <laughs> so here's so interesting thing about it. Like night one, I um my friend called me, and I'm usually like, oh hey, what's up? And I literally was so interested. In it, I was like, what do you want? And they're like, uh, to talk. I'm like, I'm watching WrestleMania. They're like, oh my god, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going by. <laughs> <laughs> I was so in the zone for this WrestleMania. But let's talk about this controversial or somewhat controversial main event. Number one, I told you guys. Cody's entrance, unbelievable. Um, very Homelander. He had the eagle wings, very Captain America. Um, mm. It was awesome. That woe was phenomenal. Um, I thought it was. They painted Cody as the biggest babyface in the history of wrestling. You brought out you brought out Brody Lee's kid, John Huber's kid. Dude, I can't believe Tony Khan let an AEW superstar be featured on WrestleMania. Yeah, negative one. Negative one. Yeah, negative <laughs> negative one is he has a technically has a contract. Yeah. Um What if you sued him? <laughs> You're in breach of contract. Did you notice what was on what was on that belt that he gave and that they all signatures that they also used in the, it wasn't signatures it was actually the letters of all the different wrestling promotions that Brody Lee was ever a part of Really Yeah That's cool Which by the way that's the same belt they used in the match which I thought was also very interesting as well I'm like Yeah I was like how they get it back I was like I really hope they gave it back to that fuck to, to that kid cuz he Really deserved it. Uh, Amanda Huber was there. Brody Lee's wife was also there. You had Brandy there. His daughter Liberty. Like that's like that's what I would do. Yeah, I mean that's wow. All of that there. Mega babyface. Roman's final boss piano entrance. Beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was so good. I was like, oh. Jazz is like, I don't get it. I was like, that's a beautiful man. How dare you? How dare you? I just look at him like he's glistening. He is shiny. Like, you don't find him sexy. She's like, eh. I'm like, well, I do. <laughs> what are you doing? Like, Who are you? What's wrong with you? Who are you? <laughs> but listen, that crowd, I've never seen something so big five. This is this might have been a bigger big five field than Rock Hogan. I'm going to call it right now. Well, yeah, because you didn't know who was going to win. That's the thing. You yeah. had no idea who was going to win, and you were happy either way. At least I was. Most people were. Most people were happy mm-hmm. either way. I mean, because, I can go. Oh, go ahead, Will. Sorry. Like when like, I don't want to talk about Raw that much, but like when he introduced Triple H, introduced Roman, he cut this huge promo of like, "Hey, we just sold the company. Thank you to everybody, the wrestlers, the the crew, the obviously the fans, but most of all, this fucking guy. And it's Roman. Now it's like it wouldn't have hit the same if it was Cody." I don't Roman know about is, that. I I, I think if you still the guy. I I think if you flip, um, yeah, the all-American guy, family man, it would have worked. But Roman no, but works I better. I think if you flip the promo from last night, I still I still think it works. I actually think it works better. Not last night from Monday. Um, Monday. If I I can we can go into it in the in the post show about how I think that would work. Um, but let's go to. I mean, we can talk about all the different moments. Everything was set up like it was perfect. It was the intertwining of the entire Bloodline storyline. Yep. Solo gets kicked out. When, when Sammy and KO came out, I was like, oh, my God, they're actually going to do it. I honestly, I, that had was this, it, dude. I had the same. I was like, oh, it's happening. It's happening. The story was there, dude. <laughs> yeah. it, the story was wrapped up in a bow. Perfect. Signed, sealed, delivered. They just forgot. They just fumbled it out of the mailbox and went down the sewer. Yeah. It was just over. 
And this this card had a lot of very good false finishes because they were believable finishes to the actual match. Yeah, like not just not just not just finisher, and then like oh they kicked out like they used to do. No, like they had sequences yeah. that led to false finishes. It, it was, was an, very well. It done. was an act, and then Solo comes back. Roman hits the super spear, you know the momentum spear, like he's a fucking mm-hmm. juggernaut. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's that's really what it is, the juggernaut spear, and. The crowd, the energy behind the crowd, gone in an instant. Oh, so good. Absolutely gone in an instant. I popped so hard. And even then, I was like, what? I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Like, I'm I'm very surprised, and I understand, and I I talked a lot about this on my Watch the Throne YouTube series, which is on WrestleMania Radio, so we're not going to go into it too much. But number one, I think you strike when the iron's hot. I think there's um there is a there's a greatness to something being so limited. And I feel that we missed a golden opportunity because I don't think it's never it's ever gonna be hotter for Cody than right now. And it I, I agree. And I think you're you're playing with fire here if you keep on dragging this out. You know, um, I know there was the narrative that the Thousand Days things, I get it, but Roman's always going to be in third when you look at the record book. So, like, numbers don't matter too much. But there was also the narrative of, well, he hasn't really done enough. And then I my, my counter to that is, did Jordan do enough when he was a rookie to earn to become a starter? No, he's fucking Michael Jordan. Sometimes you're just that guy. You know, did AJ Styles do enough when he first got the WWE and won the title in the year? Did Ronda do enough? Like, when is enough going to be enough? And I think the story for Cody in particular was that he was he he was fighting. He needed to find himself. He found himself. He was ready. He proved that he was ready. And I think this was a time and he had the investment. He had the crowd behind him. This reminded me so much of what would have happened if Daniel Bryan lost at 30. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would have been bad. <laughs> <laughs> like that that's what I was like, what if they did this to Brian? Because like there was no other white hot baby face I can remember in recent memory that was as hot as Daniel Bryan. Not even Kofi. And Kofi was huge. But Brian See, Daniel Bryan was on another level. Ricky, I'm gonna a thousand percent agree with you in Kayfabe. That's fine. Like, that's fine. Even even <laughs> if even for storytelling. Yeah. In terms of storytelling, I think you're hundred percent right. Character development I think you're 100% right. But – and if they didn't just sell the company, I think you would have just been right. If you're in this transition page of selling the company, you want to keep your figurehead as the guy who's on this massive title run. Mm-hmm. I, and it's just – go ahead. You got to merge the creative with the actual business side. Mm-hmm. Cody is money. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it's just – if they didn't just sell the company or if Vince McMahon was still gone and wasn't interested in selling the company, I think Cody probably would have won. But when you're going to this huge new company, you got to put the responsibility on the guy who's already been responsible, not someone new. I understand. And I think business had a little bit to do with it. I'm glad you said, I'm glad that you said, keep the, you know, the figurehead, the main guy instead of freezer assets. Because right. I looked into freezer assets, like if they would have just froze the assets, then you would have had no title changes. But you had two major title changes on night one. So it wasn't freezing your assets. But I think that is the better argument there, that it was more so... They wanted to keep the guy who got them there still there, 
exactly and not be experimental in a time exactly. when you're doing when you're doing major business and this is like major Roman business. Roman has off-camera stuff as a top guy he still needs to be responsible for that's way more important than what he does on Smackdown on Friday <laughs> yeah you know what I mean like yeah. this is the bigger picture and Cody can be that guy. Mm-hmm. I totally believe he could be that guy. Look at him. He looks like John Cena as it is. <laughs> yeah. So, and he's great with media. Mm-hmm. And he's the legacy. Yeah. He can be that guy. But once the comp- once the dust settles, he will be that guy. Yeah. But Roman is to get him across the finish line first. That's why Bianca kept the belt, I think. Same reason, too. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about that. Bianca had a, and that, had a fantastic and that, I think that's another reason why Charlotte dropped so she could pass the torch to Rhea. Yeah, um, it's cool. I want. For, I really hope that WWE does something with this photo that we have right here because that's a beautiful photo. Like it that, is. like that's fantastic. Great stare down. Yeah, it's a great stare down. Absolutely. Perfect. The match is the match is like an eight star match. The match <laughs> is one of the greatest main events I've ever seen in anything. Yeah. Period. The crowd was so hot. Like they were ready. They were ready After to go. After two very long nights of wrestling, they were ready, they were ready to ready. go. I was like, wow. I was like, this is the moment. And I was like, oh, I don't know about this, but I feel like there are a lot of outside factors with that ending. And the other damning thing that I think really upset people is this photo right here. That hurts. Oh, like the Cena photo? Yeah. When I see a live, when the live come up. Yep, this one. Yep, I, I immediately <laughs> thought John Cena. Yeah. When he's just sitting there and he lost to The Rock. Yeah, that. Whew. That's, a, that's a great photo because he can't look back. Mm-hmm. He can't look up at the screen. He's just looking... Probably at Brandy. That's when the end credits came up, too. I was like, oh, yeah. you're going to end like that? Jesus. That, that oh, That's a heartbreaker and a half. The caravan's uh, going, cry, cry. <laughs> <laughs> one tear. One tear. Um, and it's one of those things, like, I wasn't I wasn't upset at the finish because it was all it was obviously a plausible finish. I was perplexed. I was so perplexed. I was like, huh? Based on everything that I said earlier, I was like, this just doesn't seem like we could have fumbled this really bad. <laughs> it had it had to be a kind of a dusty finish, though. One, Which is ironic. Hilarious. It's dusty ironic, finish, yeah. Right? Dusty finish is but ironic. But two, because it means there's more, it's definitely more me on the bone. It means rematch. Mm-hmm. It leaves room for a rematch. Yeah, I, I, and it's one of those things that I, would, that I still will say, I understand rematch, but it's never going to be as bad good as the first oh, time ricky i actually I actually had a question for you i want to say for the show because i almost texted you this during the main event during roman's entrance i was like how many times has paul Heyman main evented wrestlemania Whew. um ooh. under roman it's two three with brock this is the third is it the third it's actually, it's actually yeah, is this this is actually the technically the fourth with Roman, with Roman, you get the, the two with Brock, the one with Brock, mm-hmm. and then the three, these three title reigns. Yeah, I think those are the only times. And then other times with Brock. Yeah. So he's like maybe two thousand two was he with Brock? Mm-hmm. He with WrestleMania. So he's he's like a six, maybe seven time main evented WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Yeah. Paul speaking Heyman of, as a manager. Speaking of main eventing, uh, Roman Reigns has main evented more main main evented more WrestleManias than Hogan. Which is a big factor too. They really want to get over the Hogan hump with with Reigns. Yeah. Um. In the presser afterwards, Roman did say he was like, "This isn't Burger King. This isn't McDonald's." Like he's like, "I'm building, like I'm building a filet mignon of meal of a story." When I thought it was also interesting, he said, "We're only in the third inning," and I'm like, uh-huh. "That's scary." <laughs> like I was like, "You're telling me three innings took three years." 
come on, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> you should be like, what's the score? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a great question. Yeah. Third inning, all right, what's the score? Because I think you're winning yes, and Mr. by a lot. And Mr. Wild P also said it best. Roman's the only man in WWE history that can say he defended the world championship in three consecutive WrestleManias. Hogan never did that. The same title. Yep. That's fucking nuts, dude. Like, Michael Cole was just rallying off stat after stat after stat, and I was like, that's why the ramp is so long. <laughs> so, Michael Cole, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> also, Michael Cole. Amazing. I love this man. Yeah. Dude, him <laughs> laughing at the triple threat was funny because I was laughing at the triple threat. Because you know what? Michael Cole was like, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> yeah, and dude, the fact that all three of them gave a standing ovation, which never, never happens. happens. Never, never happens, yeah. Never happens. I was like, wow. Ever. I was like, you even impressed the people who knew about the match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was, that, I mean, continue, yeah. please. I know we had a less card to go down, so we can't yeah, we are, here, but this photo is amazing. Yeah, we are going to go down the card. Yeah, Roman saying 3-0, it's, it's hard, and I think you, you – you run the risk of Roman going too long. You know, dive a hero, see yourself come or see yourself become the villain. Um, which Roman is already the villain. But my, my big thing with the Roman storyline, whatever it is, is that at some point he needs some character switching and development, kayfabe wise. Mm. You know, he needs something. Mm. He needs something to kind of like where's the turn in the story? Because we haven't had a turn in a very, very long time. In particular, the Roman. There's people who have turned around Roman, but Roman's character actually hasn't faced anything that you know. It's between like winning by himself or like it's gonna be the Usos. Maybe it is. He did shun. He's ignoring. He the did Usos. shun the Just, Usos. I, yeah. Yeah, I think the story is gonna be like, who are you guys again? Mm. Like he's gonna like he's just gonna just. Ignore them. He's giving them the cold shoulder. Yeah, the silent treatment. Yeah, and then that's going to go into a new story. But how is that going to be a character tweak? He's he's going to I don't know. It's going to be hard. Talk shit, all those all matches again. It's going to be hard. We'll see what happens. I also was one of the people that thought I was like, you know what, Roman, you've done enough. Like, take a vacation, dude. Like, <laughs> take a vacation. I have an idea of how you could make this Roman thing a little bit better, but it's on it. Like I said, it's on our uh, it's on our YouTube page, a wrestling ready. Dude, page. I don't think I don't even think leukemia could take this this title away from Roman Reigns. Oh no, he's kicking out. <laughs> he's kicking out. <laughs> he's definitely definitely kicking out. But let's move on from that because we can talk about that at nauseum. And of course, what a sight that is at the end. What a sight that is at the end. That's also a fantastic picture as well. Yeah, with those two damn belts and Solo there, the underboss of the bloodline. Also found it interesting before we move on that uh, Paul Heyman in a uh, in a I guess a presser uh, or not a presser but in some media interview that he was doing for WWE WrestleMania said he loves Cody he's like we need forward people thinking like Cody we need people with different ideas to keep the wrestling business going which is what Cody is doing and he goes he goes you don't need my ideas I'm he goes I'm I'm getting my ideas out through Roman. <laughs> you know, he goes, we need somebody else with an alternative idea, which I think is going to be a great clash down the road of what these ideas and how these ideas are going to mesh. Which I think, and I also found out that Seth and Cody don't like each other in real life. Yeah, they they really don't like <laughs> each other. Dude, I feel like, dude, Seth is so butthurt. He is. He's, he is. He's so like, why the fuck aren't I in the main event anymore? Which... Is valid. Great, great it's point. Like, it's a great point. It's like, well, it's like, well, Roman's better. Number one. And it's it's like, uh, Cody's better. Yeah. <laughs> like, sorry, dude. That's just the way it is. You're great. I love you. You're fantastic. But they're just 
better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's like, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, like it's not you, it's them. <laughs> <laughs> That is. All right, so let's move on to the rest of this WrestleMania card. Let's, we're going to restart with night one. Night one was uh, had in its... Amazing. Becky G. I thought it was better. Becky, it was, it was, it better. was the better night. Um, Becky G. did America the Beautiful. Becky G., gorgeous woman. Looked fantastic. Oh, so gorgeous. Good Lord. Kevin Hart doing the cold opening was a massive surprise and amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, they couldn't get the rocks. They got Kevin yeah. Hart instead. <laughs> What's that? I'm surprised <laughs> you didn't make a rock joke. Um... At the time, before night two, they had a SoFi Stadium record of 80,497. In comparison, NRG Stadium was the home of the men's Final Four that, that same night as well. Also the home of the Houston Texans NFL franchise. The Final Four's attendance was around 74,000. That's a lot of people. Yeah. So WWE's WrestleMania night one did about 7,000 more people than the men's Final Four, one of the premier sporting events in the world. Just keep that in mind. Let's go to let's go to Theory and Austin. Uh, not Theory and Austin, Theory and Cena, which was great. And I will tell you, well, I've never wanted a John Cena shirt more. I was like, fuck, that's a great shirt. <laughs> which one, What was his shirt? It remember. was like a G.I. Joe homage. Oh yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, his last one um, when he when he when he uh, oh, the, the sixteen title belts in like the eight bit yeah. one. I I came so close to I love <laughs> I love John Cena. I've never bought any of his merch. You have that one random ass jersey. I do have the soccer jersey. Yeah. I lie. I do have, I do have, I have the soccer jersey. Mm-hmm. But uh, I never came so close to buying another uh, you know thing. Yeah. Um. Listen, it was a great match. He brought out the Make a Wish kids. I was like, "Wow, what is fucking propaganda? This bastard bringing out the kids, <laughs> fucking him." Um, put on a good match. Austin Theory won the way he was supposed to win. I think this is Cena's last match. Cena's last WrestleMania. Mm. Did you notice when he hit the five knuckle right before he started the five knuckle shuffle? He bowed to the crowd. I did not notice that, no. Look at it if you watch it again, yeah. I was too busy going, five knuckle shuffle! <laughs> I'm glad... <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I did that my I'm glad he just didn't hit that punch. Yeah. Yeah. But it was good. Theory wins the way he's supposed to win. People still hate Theory. Perfect. Perfect, perfect, good opener. Very, very yeah, good opener. Fun. Fun match. All right, let's move on to the match that shocked everybody. The men's showcase match was unbelievable. A lot of it because Titus O'Neil is one of the greatest commentators I've ever heard in my life. God, he was so terrible. <laughs> he, was, he was just screaming and going. It was like no one told him what the how the match was going to go. Yeah, well, they probably they probably did. <laughs> rip him. It's like he just like didn't know what to do. <laughs> Call the police! Call the police! <laughs> Listen, there are a crazy amount of spots in this match. The fact that... Braun Strowman off the top is pretty nice. Braun Strowman off the top. Chad Gable suplexing Braun and bridging his own body clean yeah. was nice. Yeah. Chad Gable's signal also have the Olympic rings on, in the back, which I thought was an interesting touch for him because he is an Olympic Olympic athlete. So, But the fact that he just... He literally rolled through and picked up Braun... Like, People don't understand how yeah, hard that is. Yeah, it was crazy. That's, that was <laughs> nuts. He's so strong. Uh, Ivar did a moonsault off the top, which he missed. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Braun Strowman's Express, and then he got laid out by Angelo Dawkins. Oh, I popped so hard. <laughs> we all did. I was like, good, fuck your stupid train bullshit. Get derailed real quick. You can tell how surprised Braun Strowman was. He gets hit, and he look, he goes, what the fuck? He literally says, like, what the fuck? Just <laughs> how'd that happen? Because I forgot Angelo Dawkins was a D1 football player because that's a blindside block that he just did. Yeah, that was good. It, that was really It was good. so good. Angelo Dawkins couldn't believe He was so hype. <laughs> he had never laid out somebody so badly. Yeah, his truck <laughs> stick to the fuck out of him. Uh, that ultimate tower of power that they did. It was a fun match. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, it was a fun match. The Street Profits Frog Splash. They showcased all right. I was like, yeah, and I, I went to our Discord text chat, and I was like, I take everything I said back about the showcase match. I was like, that was phenomenal. Ricochet's moonsault onto, almost onto the announce table. And yeah, he's like, Michael Cole's like, he's like, he paused in midair. <laughs> I love Michael Cole so much. How do he do that? <laughs> it was a wild match. I, I was telling people in our Discord voice chat, which you should have joined, Will, we had a great time. Almost everybody was there. Um, I know, I was just on my phone. I get it. You, you had your you had your girlfriend with you. But I was like, it looks like the production of the, the people who produce this match said, hey guys, do what AEW does, but don't fuck it up. <laughs> this is, yeah. It's, it's, and remember, have fun with it. <laughs> They're like, okay. Um, but holy shit, what a match. Let's move on to... Yeah, the mentality, steal a show. Everyone had that mentality, steal a show. Which made it, which it's something that is was sorely missed on some past WrestleManias. And a lot of them really succeeded. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they everyone did a really, really let's, good job. Let's talk about Logan Paul and Seth Rollins. Oh, uh, uh, dude, KSI! <laughs> I, I was like, it's our truth. Michael Cole's like, it's KSI. I'm like, oh. If it was our truth, I would still be laughing to this day. Because <laughs> <laughs> like when when he was um, at rings, I'm like, oh, I go to jazz. I bet I bet it's his brother. Mm-hmm. I thought it was. I thought it might have been Jake too. Yeah. No, it's like he's out there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like he's it's not just not just mar- not just marketing. It's like it's KSI. I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. So let's talk about this. It was Logan Paul's birthday, night one of WrestleMania. Yes. He turned twenty eight. Crazy. Okay. I'm older than Logan Paul by like two mm-hmm. months. He um apparently he had asked to do the zip line thing. Uh, like last year, and they said no. Well, he's like, well, next year's my birthday. Can I get a birthday gift? And they like, all right, fuck it, whatever. He d- it was listen that visual from like a far away him z- zip lining in fantastic look actually it was really it's cool. very HBK uh, I actually gave him a microphone it's like this just talk shit in the mm-hmm. way of the ring uh, the prime mascot being KSI Seth got a world renowned musical conductor to conduct the crowd and, the, and he didn't do a good job the, the crowd was like didn't know how when to, when to start well no he was actually conducting one as you do musically uh, i know it's was like this is so i think this is so seth rollins and when he came out looking like rihanna at the super bowl halftime show is that what it I, was it looked more like rihanna because it was the all red that's funny. Uh, it was really funny. So apparently he's getting he's getting dressed up backstage, and Becky comes to him, and there's a video of it. And Seth goes, "I told you it was fucking big," and she's like, "Oh, I'm so fucking jealous right now." I was like, "You didn't fucking tell your wife, did you?" <laughs> That's funny. It's amazing. Um, the moment of this match, KSI taking a frog splash. Oh, so One of the funniest moments I've ever seen in wrestling. He played it so well. 
he played it so well. He took the frog splash. Seth ends up winning. Um, KSI KSI forced him to do a stretcher job. He they, he didn't get up. <laughs> they stretcher jobbed him in the mascot outfit. I know nothing about KSI, but man's got a great sense of humor. <laughs> I also I know I also know nothing about KSI. I know he's like a YouTuber and like a boxer or something. I mean, again, great sense of humor. Totally gets the stick that he was put in. Perfect. Yeah, he did a great Absolutely job. Phenomenal. What is int- no shame? Which is very interesting about this match. Uh, contractually speaking, and also confirmed by Logan Paul, this was his last match. Mm-hmm. He confirmed on Impulsive, which we were totally wrong because I thought he had more, but he confirmed that this was his contractual last match. He's technically out of a contract with WWE. I think he should return on a more full-time basis. I understand why he can't because he's got his hands on a lot of different pots. But I'd love for him to re- re-sign another another deal with WWE because kids are fucking natural. I want to see him versus Pat McAfee. I want to yeah. see him versus uh, Edge. I want him I versus Bad Bunny versus... in Puerto Rico. That's... <laughs> yeah, I want, well, we're going to get Damian Priest instead, which, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I want to see him versus Randy Orton. Yeah. I want to see him versus a lot of people. Listen, he put up a, he put up a main event match against Roman and held his own for the most part. And then stole a show, at least for some time, against Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. Listen, that's two of the best people you can go up against. He's good in my book. <laughs> yeah, he's phenomenal. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. Great on the mic. Like, he's built for this business. Yeah, I, like I said, if he didn't have his hand in so many other places, I feel like he would be there more consistently. But I think they should. he should look into becoming more full-time. Uh, he's smart to do what he's doing. No, I, I, I think he is, too. I'm just being selfish. I'm like, dude, we need more. <laughs> we need more. Yeah, we do. We do. But less is less is also more. Less is also more as well, too. It's, that is that is very true. Moving on. Uh, here come the women match. The six women tag match was actually not too bad. Uh, eh. I I didn't notice that Becky, listen, Tri- Becky, Lita, and Trish actually make the acronym BLT. I don't know why I didn't uh. figure this out earlier, but <laughs> nah, that's pretty funny. I did enjoy, and I know you're a movie buff. I did enjoy their um, their Sin City entrance. Again, classic Hollywood movie, Hollywood theme. It was Sin City. Yeah, it, it looked okay. It good idea on paper. The video, it's not w, oh, well, production wise, like when they do the live video, like color over, it never goes well for almost anybody. Yeah. To be completely honest, but I did like the Sin City video package, which was cool. Trish Stratus, my lord almighty. That outfit. It was her other WrestleMania outfit. Was it? Yeah. It was like the exact... You know the one from like the video packages? Mm-hmm. And the one I think in a signature? Oh, the same, from the like one. 19, I think. Yeah. That's, she had the that's hat 20 years ago, by the way. Like, yeah. you don't... Trish Stratus just doesn't age. She can still go... Uh, the Ab- I don't know. Her and Lita looked pretty clunky. Lita, but Trish a little bit more. Uh, the Avalanche. I love the Avalanche Manhandle Slam, which is an Avalanche Rock Bottom. Uh, it was Dakota Kai and Eo Sky's first WrestleMania, so good for them. Um, it was there's a re- yeah, when Roman hit that Rock Bottom. I popped really hard. It's a Uranagi. It's not a Rock Bottom. He threw the fuck out of him. Ovo, ovo. The crowd thought it was a Rock Bottom. <laughs> Come by Michael Cole it. called it a Rock Bottom. Michael Cole also said Sasha beat Bianca a couple years ago, <laughs> or that Sasha kicked out when she clearly didn't. That's Michael true. Cole gets <laughs> he, excited sometimes. <laughs> he did. He did do that too. Uh, yeah, this match. This match was fine. It was a come down, it was, but it was it was better than I thought it would it was, be. Yeah, it was totally better. Uh, there was a nice little video package because Dakota Kai is from New Zealand, but she does, and I think New Zealand is, does have some 
I guess, affiliate Samoan heritage. So that's why she came out with the Lays, which was put on, to, which was put on her by Tamina, which I thought was a really cool. I did not notice that. In her rent, she comes out with, like, I guess, the Lays of her culture, which Tamina, I think, I don't know if Tamina gave them to her because she, she gave the Usos their Lays, but I know she helped dress Dakota with the Lays. There's supposed to be, a, there's a way it's supposed to fit on your shoulders. Interesting. Um, which I thought was a really cool thing to see um, in, in the backstage video. But overall, good. The only problem is damage control's done. Yeah, they, they, they there's they're, they're done. Uh, apparently, Bailey was supposed to be ringside for a damage control match on Monday, but that was cut for some reason, which interesting, but... We'll see what happens with Damage Control after that. Uh, hey, what a failure. Let's move on. To, let's move on to Dominic, to Dominic getting his ass whipped literally as we uh, see Pyre Mysterio. This match was also a show stealer. First off, Dom's Green Mile inspired entrance. Did you notice that? He was walking the mile. Yes. <laughs> he was yes. walking the mile. For some reason, I don't know why I thought eight mile. And I was like, he wasn't like Eminem. No, Green Mile. I, I, I heard eight mile, oh, not Green Mile. Yeah. yeah, no, it was great. He was walking the mile. He comes out. He he had mommy on his on his pants, which I thought was hysterical as well. Yeah. Um Great heel. Rain listen, Snoop Dogg was more of a host than the Miz was. Snoop Dogg with a lowrider coming out to nothing but a G thing, which was Unbelievable. <laughs> Switching to Eddie Guerrero's theme when they finally came out to a massive pop. Viva la raza! Place lost its mind. Um, He's awesome. To Ray, Ray somehow ran his way up that stage. I wouldn't do that before a match, though. I would have been winded. <laughs> I thought he was going to pop up. I thought so, too, but he did not do that. Um, and did you notice his mask? His mask was emulating the great Muda. That's a Muda mask he was wearing. I tried to figure it out. He looked like uh, looks like Far- uh, Farouk's mask when he first debuted his little helmet thing. Yeah, well, that was a helmet. But this is more. This is the style of the Great Muda because he always wanted. It was more like it's more like square. Yeah, well, more round. He always wanted to honor yeah. Muda in some way, shape, or form, and so that's what he did. Uh, he talked about it on the press conference afterwards. Was that the mask was six years in the making that he tried wow. to do, and it was made by he called he's made by someone. Named Darnell. He only gave the first name Darnell. Who Darnell? Rose. Yeah, right. <laughs> bitch, bitch. <laughs> uh, to which he said Darnell is someone from Hollywood who works with Marvel, actually. Which is a very interesting touch that he said. Um, a lot of great spots in this match. Dom poured wa- splash water on his sister because it made it made storyline sense. Take notes, MJF. See <laughs> her thong. Ugh. It might have been, yeah. It might have been more of a, a one piece thing. Uh, Angie slapped Dom, which I th- it could have been a one piece yeah. thing. You're right. Angie slapped Dom, which I thought was also a really great touch as well. <laughs> yeah, Jazz popped hard for that. I too. bet you. Like, yeah, beat his ass. <laughs> you look at her. You're like ungrateful. <laughs> it's working. <laughs> uh, again, another shenanigans. Um, great finish. The LWO, the return of the LWO, which is a great. Fit for Legato, rebranding them as the okay, LWO. So weird. I loved it. He well, he gave him shirts on SmackDown. That was the big surprise. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, um, so weird. Listen, Dom tried to pull an Eddie, but Ray just outsmarted him. Because well, not Ray outsmarted him. Bad Bunny, 
who was doing the Spanish announcing, by the way, steals... I almost switched over. Steals the... Huh? I almost switched over. <laughs> steals, uh, steals the chain from Dominic. Another great touch. The use of celebrities in this WrestleMania was phenomenal. George Kittle. George Kittle. Al Michaels. Pat McAfee. I wanted, Al Michaels showed up. I screamed at the, I screamed at the TV. I was like, hey, look, this is a real sporting event, Al. <laughs> no, more, <laughs> no more Monday Night Football for you. Ray gets the win. Fantastic fact. This is obviously continuing. Bad Bunny also might be is number two behind Logan Paul, the best celebrity uh, people. This man's the biggest pop star in the world and just got chokeslammed through a table on Monday. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Fantastic. So let's move on to what might have been the match of the weekend if all the other matches didn't happen after this. Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair... My God. Did their damnness to be considered the main event. <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't have been I would have been mad if it was main event. I would have watched the match and gone, oh, all right. <laughs> That's fine. I understand. The match was amazing. That picture of Char uh we are sitting over Charlotte and she's just looking up smiling. Beautiful. Beautiful. It was great because Charlotte's like, I'm genuinely happy for you. Yeah, it's the same thing that Sasha got shit for a couple years ago with the Bianca thing. Um but listen, the only thing that this match suffered from was there wasn't that big of a build leading into the match. But regardless, holy shit did they deliver. Match is memorable, everything else wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, and it was. Yeah. It was a it was the match and I I'm again, I'm totally fine with the match why they did this match. I get it. It made they made the makeup for 3 years ago and they did. I think this match is way better than that match ever would have been. Yeah. Yeah. And it just solidifies that we're going to get a third one, which is going to be, at this point, well-fucking-deserved. Yeah. Absolutely well-deserved. They flow well. Even when they kind of screw up, like when Charlotte over-rotated on that suplex and saved herself, essentially, by just scoffing her nose. Oh, landing <laughs> on her face? Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> we, we surmised that during that, that during that sequence, she realized really quick that, she was gonna, that it was going to go bad, so she flipped herself a little more. To re to prevent further injury. Couple of notes from this fact from this match. Number one, produced by Jason Jordan. So Jason Jordan deserves a raise. Uh, like Michael Cole said on commentary, which I thought was a great little tidbit, the first WrestleMania match in history featuring all female personnel, um, including oh. Rep Jess and uh, Sam Irving as the ring announcer. So all female personnel for that. Really cool. Really cool. Um, Charlotte's seventh WrestleMania. Uh, Obviously, Rhea and Charlotte's second WrestleMania matchup, which means Rhea Charlotte 3 is going to happen, which I'm very, very excited for. Um, the Avalanche Riptide was fucking amazing at the end. When she's like, mm -hmm. this is, she's been like, it's my time. And just just laid her out and gave the classic Rhea pin because you got that's how you got to win. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Oh, you know. so good. So here's her celebration was really good too. Yeah. Singing her song and just vibing. Oh, she had to like if you think about it, like this is her first true WrestleMania. Like yes, she beat Asuka that one year on like the first WrestleMania back with somewhat of a live crowd. But this is her first mm -hmm. true WrestleMania with like a massive crowd. Okay, so a couple of stats that came up for Rhea Ripley afterwards in the press conference. They called her 
a Grand Slam champion or the, one of the first Grand Slam champions, but she's not. She's the fifth Grand Slam champion uh, behind Bailey, Charlotte, Asuka, and Sasha. What makes Rhea Ripley's Grand Slam unique, because she had it before this, was that she's actually the only woman in WWE history with the NXT to win the NXT UK Women's Title because she was the first one. The NXT Women's Title, the Raw Women's Championship, the SmackDown Women's Championship, and the WWE Tag Team Championship. She's the only woman in history that can say that. And she will. And be. she will because the UK title can say that. Yeah. UK title does not exist. The women's UK title does not exist anymore. It was merged with the NXT title. Um, so interesting notes on Rhea. I loved it. Great passing of the torch. And somehow you got to cool down from that. <laughs> and so you bring back Pat McAfee, which again, no one told Michael Cole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one's. How do they keep doing this to him? <laughs> it's really funny but did you see him like when we thought Michael Cole was excited to rumble he was like literally like a little fucking kid so excited <laughs> so excited he, he loves this guy <laughs> listen I, I don't blame him I don't know what the future holds for Pat McAfee Michael, son, Michael Cole's son could have come out and would have been that excited exactly <laughs> I don't know what the future holds for Pat McAfee but if it keeps Cole happy keep him around for, for love of God. I want him back on commentary. I do too. I, Barrett's doing good, but... But Cole and Pat are so much better. So much better. Pat McAfee's return was really good, beating The Miz. Uh, again, Snoop Dogg's the real host of WrestleMania this year. Miz was just kind of there. Um, which I thought was really, really cool. And it was a good little cool-down spot until you got to this epic main fucking event of night one. The first ever tag team championship main event in WrestleMania history. The first time a tag team match has been evented since WrestleMania 1. Mm-hmm. Okay, and wow is all I have to say. Beautiful storytelling by everybody involved. It's it really good. By everybody involved. Um, Jay Uso got fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Usos clean white and red. Like, them in white and red looked fantastic. It was so nice. I loved at the end, the Haluba kicks. If you notice really quickly, Sami Zayn was holding Jey Uso like he used to hold KO when they had their feud back in Battleground. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a great little touch. Um, It was also a good touch that Sami and Kevin had the PWG uh, logos on their pants, on their gear. I did not know that. Yeah, it's it's on. I think it was on the on the right leg for both of them. It's the P. They had the they had the logo. We didn't have the name, but they had the PWG logo because they also attribute the PWG being there where they got their big break in wrestling. So that was their homage. A uh, couple of also interesting homages. Uh, KO officially with the winning of attacking titles. KO is officially and finally a Grand Slam champion in WWE. Interesting. Yes, the Usos' reign is ends at six hundred and twenty two days. The longest tag team championship reign in history, clearly smashing the New Days, who were at 483. And again, well-deserved. The Usos deserve a fucking vacation for all the work yeah. they've done. Yeah. Absolutely. A uh, couple of things from the press conference from them, which would end night one. Um, Kevin Owens, when he wasn't eating a Snickers, said that the Usos are underappreciated and underrated to this day. Which is insane because they're not. <laughs> I think they're the best of all time. You know, I mean, but in comparison, I think I think he was saying in the entire industry when you compare him to yeah. like Bucks and all of those other legendary tag teams, and he has a point. 
And the last thing he said, what's up, Jamie Roden? Um, the last thing he also said was that they would not be there without the Briscoe brothers. Yes. Which is the, that's the that's how he ended the press conference because we would not be here where we are today without Mark and Jay Briscoe. Which I thought was a really, really sweet touch by Kevin Owens. That is, classy. yeah, very classy. Yeah, the, the match, the match was everything I wanted. Yeah, I got so excited when they won. I popped so hard at midnight. Yeah, literally. If you if if night one was the only WrestleMania, I would have been like satisfied. Satisfied. Yeah, it was, it was a, night one was top to bottom, pacing very well. It it was four hours, actually six hours with the pre-show. Yeah. But it, it went by very fast. So quick, um, so efficient. Everybody hit their spots. It was beautiful. It was the match placement was good, yeah. and it wasn't exhausting. Like the the crowd was also into it. The crowd wasn't exhausted. That's why I, I kind of don't mind the sponsorships. So like kind of the bullshit in between. Yeah, because it is. It's a nice. Uh, take a breath. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now that for it is one of those things um, about WrestleMania this year was that this crowd was hot for both nights. They did not stop. The energy yeah. was there, and it, it made the whole atmosphere that much better. Everybody was better for it. Everybody was better. Let's move on uh, to uh, Sammy and KO1, obviously. But let's move on to night two. Obviously, Jimmy Allen, who no one knows and no one cares and should never come back to, to WrestleMania ever, um, did America the Beautiful. He looked like he he looked like he was part of a construction crew. He missed, he missed, <laughs> uh, he missed a line, too. Did he really? It was the. Um, we were too busy heckling him in the Discord. It's like one of the chorus lines too. It was so bad. It was so bad. K contacted me and was like, "This is like this fucking man is horrible. <laughs> like, who is this guy?" He he forgot from sea to to shining sea the first time. Did he really? Yeah. My God, it's re- the only thing interesting about him that he was wearing. Um, he's wearing imagery of the Freemasons. Of course he was. You didn't notice like the G. No. Yeah, he was wearing, he was had a Mason necklace on. I was like, oh, that's ballsy. You look like shit. <laughs> um, I was like, did you not get the dress code memo? Here's what it is. Opening match, Omos versus Brock Lesnar. And no one makes Brock Lesnar look small like Omos did. Yeah, I, I told you on this one, too. I told you Brock was going to win. <laughs> Brock's seven WrestleMania appearance. Omos played the part, though. He th- I've never seen Brock get thrown. Like, that was pretty crazy. Yeah, he did fine, I guess. He did fine. He did what he was supposed to do. You came to see Brock. He's a big man. He looks imposing. The fact that he was able to just actually literally manhandle Brock. Brock sold? Yeah, Brock sold. That's all that mattered. Brock needed to sell. Brock did what he had to do for Omos. There's not much to say about that match. Um, Great F5. Hmm? Great F5. Yeah, great F5. Brock is still really fucking strong. (laughs) Moving on to the upper women's showcase match. Eh. Yuck. You know what it is? They Skip. they suffered from the men outshined everybody. I was like, you can't compare them. You can't compare the women to this. Like it was, it's just, it's unfair at that point. Yeah. Also, <laughs> none of them are actually tag teams. Also true. So you 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 kind of just have to. They did what they did. Raquel looked pretty strong. Um, also, Ronda and Shayna didn't do anything, but took the win because they, they. I think they. They just took the win. Yeah, they gave them heat. I guess. The wrong kind of heat. It's like, who gives a fuck heat? Yeah. I mean, the match was mostly about the three tag teams and then Ronda and Shane. Like, Raquel looked good. Lib was fine. Chelsea Green did something. She was jumping around everywhere, which was kind of cool. Uh, but I think more so Lib and Raquel stood out. I think Raquel is up for a big push now, but Rhea's on SmackDown. I think we are going to do Rhea-Raquel. Uh, 
which is very good, especially if you saw them in NXT. They work well together. So very, very good there. Um, Moving on to holy shit. The Intercontinental Triple Threat. Again, we all, we talked about this being Gunther deserved a one-on-one. And he still does. But my lord, this is a beautiful match. It was so good. <laughs> it was so fucking good. Yeah. I, I don't like to... Like Michael Cole, I don't know what else to say. Just watch it. The crowd was hungry for this match. Yeah. You know. Again, Titus O'Neil, two for two on commentary again. Losing his mind. Titus O'Neil was us if we were on commentary. He didn't know what to say. <laughs> he didn't know what to say. He, he know what to he say. like, I'm just watching. Michael Cole didn't know what to say. <laughs> it was kind of weird, though, because the crowd the crowd didn't really pop for Gunther's entrance. And I was like, huh, that's weird. And then five minutes later, Gunther, Gunther, yeah. Gunther. <laughs> but, I mean, Gunther's entrance was something very reminiscent of, like, just another final boss entrance as well. Yeah, it was really good. So, so fun. Good. It was really good. I can't wait till he gets a – till he gets – um. It entrance at night with the silhouette. Oh, it's going to be good. Listen, as long as that strap is on Gunther, the Intercontinental Championship is back to where it's supposed to he be. Looks, he looks great. Too. He's, he's bulked up a little bit. Yeah, he lost the weight. Now he's bulking back up again. He looks yeah, good. Yeah, a little more meaty, a little more muscular. Yeah, I watched his day. De- I rewatched today his debut when he debuted at TakeOver Blackpool in 2019. It's night and day. He was big. He was real big, um, and listen, good for him. It's gonna it's gonna save his career. It's gonna let, make his career last longer. He looks great. and he looks great. And those those slaps still hurt. Oh <laughs> God! Uh, like you see the video of Seamus and Drew hugging it out afterwards. They, hugged, they passed out uh, backstage. They're both laying on the floor backstage. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was really good. There's not. I thought yeah. Seamus had it too, but then when Drew pulled him out, I was like, "Oh, that's cool." <laughs> <laughs> this is just this. When we talk about from here on out, when we talk about meat slapping majesty, it's this match. Uh, keep me hit the applause button. Yeah. Again, like we said, it is very rare, if not, I've never seen it happen where the announced team. Gave them a standing, standing, o. standing ovation. The announced team. Which was just, again, unheard of. Absolutely unheard of. That's how good of a job they did in that match. Congrats to everybody involved. Asuka, Bianca Belair. I want to talk about this more so the entrances. Bianca talked about how she again was making her gear last minute. She made her gear. She was the Hollywood star. Again, great touch. That's funny. The story came out that she was very. She started getting overwhelmed making the gear, and Dakota Kai actually helped her finish it. Because she was doing a lot of running around that she would literally fall asleep making her gear at night. Because WrestleMania week's busy for them. They don't really get breaks. Oh, yeah, especially as a champion. Yeah, especially as a champion. And then when you think about it, she won this match, got on a plane, went to New York to do the Today Show, got back on a plane, came back to LA to do Raw. How? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I can understand why she only had a promo on Monday. Like, I get that. (laughs) Like, that's that's a lot of time in the air. Um, Her entrance was really cool. So I don't know if you know about this entrance, Will. 
I know the little girl, the contortionist, her mom died that night, that day, actually. That morning, yeah. Damn. Yeah, the girls are known as the Divas of Compton. I guess they're a... a, a Great name. Yeah, Divas of Compton. Um, absolutely fantastic. The... Uh, that story about the little girl and her mom dying and still going out there and performing is... It'll it it breaks your heart. Triple H broke down at the presser because of it. Yeah, I saw it. You know, Crazy, absolutely wild. Um, there's video footage of Bianca being like, "This is your stage. Don't." She's like, "She's like, take up the whole stage. Be unapologetically you. Don't don't let anything get in the way." Uh, there's videos of Seth Rollins being like, "Good job, lately." He was there when they came back. He's like, "Great job, ladies. Great job." Like, perfect environment for those kids. Absolutely great. Really cool. It was really, really great entrance. Yeah, great, great entrance. Oscar uh, with the multiple Oscar entrance. Great face. Um, I just want Oscar to win at Mania. She's like zero and five. Yeah. I want her to win at Mania, um, and she actually did post a tweet in English. Um, the day of Raw, it might have been during Raw because I think uh, she had a segment that was cut as well. Um, where she said, maybe I should just go back to Japan. Oof. <laughs> okay. So that was, a, that was a very interesting tweet by Asuka as well. Because you can tell that she is more than likely very frustrated. And I don't blame her. You're, they're so hot and cold with her. It's yeah. absurd. But again, it's also Bianca. And Bianca's your cash cow at this, po- at this point. Yeah. You know. Um, but again, also great match. Um, great match, the ducking of the mist, and then into the KOD. I actually thought Asuka was going to choke her out with her own braid, which has not been used yet, and that needs to be a storyline in the match, which have been really good. But let's. I thought she was going to use the hair personally. Oh, Bianca. Yeah. She could have. Is Asuka fucked with it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but let's move on to the <laughs> the quad breaking match. <laughs> That was Shane McMahon. Dude, this poor fucking guy. <laughs> I love it. So I love the whole bit that Miz is like, oh, I'm the host. I'm not supposed to be in matches. And Snoop's like, no, you have another match. And did you have Shane coming back? Because I did it. No. <laughs> nope. Like Stone Cold, Stone Cold, Stone Cold. All right, Shane. That's cool. <laughs> what a pop. He had a, he was so out of breath, obviously. Um, but he, he spoke to Chris like, you don't know how much that pop means to me because it was rumored that he got into an argument with Vince yeah. when Vince essentially fired him. He's like, you'll never get a giant pop like you used, like you got again. And well, he got it. And then he suffered the price for it because he also popped his quads just like his father on the biggest stages. And listen, Snoop Dogg and production, everybody, absolute pros turned on a dime. He's like, punch him, punch the mid. I wonder if he actually hit him. It looked like, the second time it looked like it did. Uh, it's like, sorry, Miz. It's <laughs> not a working punch. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> did you see him? Did you see him in AEW? <laughs> so, um, again, a bunch of professionals. Snoop, Ch- Snoop turned on a dime with the Miz. And they made chicken salad out of chicken shit as best as they that could. Probably already, that was probably going to be the finish regardless. Maybe. And it's kind of. Went home faster, maybe. I don't know that 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 cameraman saying this punch up. Yeah, because I mean they that's 
that's how you got to communicate. I also want to say, yeah, I, I hope Snoop called an audible at that people's elbow. I think he did. <laughs> I want Snoop. I want Snoop as a playable character, and I want that version of the people's elbow as his finisher. Um, yes, <laughs> as his finisher, absolutely. Uh, a couple things about Snoop. Number one, I want that one of one championship belt that they gave Snoop. It's not sold on the shop. I looked. I want it so badly. But And number two, there's video footage of Snoop Dogg giving The Undertaker and Michelle McCool it's like custom custom chains. That's pretty cool. <laughs> he was like, I'm a dog father, you Undertaker. I got to show you some love, man. He, just, he literally gave them matching chains. Love Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Snoop Dogg's sitting on house money. Uh, last and certainly not least, The Hell in the Cell, narrated by Russell Crowe to begin with. Again, Brood Edge as an entrance, very cool. He had the he had the original members of the Brood on the back of his jacket, yep, which is pretty cool. Uh, Slayer was the music to to Edge's entrance, really cool. <laughs> you know, uh, Finn decided to sage the entire arena with purple smoke before he got there. Um, also cool. <laughs> no, it was it was very cool, and I'm glad they did this closer to the end of the of the night. I like the return of the gray hell in the cell. Uh, the colored weapons, maybe not so much. Uh, oh, <laughs> and let me tell you, Edge should have been a baseball player because he threw a strike to Finn's head. <laughs> yeah, he busted in the fuck. At first, like, at first, like, oh, let him bleed. I saw his staples. I was like, okay, I can get it now. <laughs> so. Oh, a- that's the announcement. AEW's going to London. WWE's going to be there with money in the bank. Good job, Tony. <laughs> Wembley Stadium? Yeah. That's me pretty That'll cool. be an interesting uh, scene. Um, but uh, the match I thought was pretty good. That gas, if you actually saw the, the picture, Finn posted the picture yeah, it's of big. his open gas. So what happened was, because he didn't really seem to, to bleed profusely after a while, was that off camera they gave him a numbing agent and they did staple him really quickly. Yeah, that's that's what they were doing. Yeah, is typically they they show them kind of when they're kind of cleaning up the blood a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize how bad it was in the moment because I was like, oh, this is such a bummer. It took me out of the match. Yada yada yada. And I'm like, nope, nope. They were right. <laughs> yeah, I'm the I'm the dick. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, listen, it's a fantastic hell in the cell. I liked that they kept it inside of the cell. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Use the imagery. I- Wrong person won though. Yeah, I thought so too. I thought Finn broke his ankle when he did the coup de gras. I was like, the table? yeah, I was like, ooh, that's an ankle breaker. <laughs> like, if you don't, if you land that poorly. Uh, but yeah, I think the wrong person won. But again, a fun ladder match. I think this is also Edge's last WrestleMania as well, which makes me lead, which leads me more to think that he should have lost too as well. I do agree. But I did enjoy the match. Great use of all the weaponry uh, with that as well. Um,. Very brutal, and that is WrestleMania. Overall, I, I, I think I want to give it a 10. 10 out of 10 WrestleMania. I don't know. I gave last year's a 10. Um, I do like last year's better. Ooh. Last year with this, all this stuff with Austin, mm. and I, I think last year was just, I said it was my favorite of all time last year, and I do stand by that. This one was very, very, very good, though. Yeah. I'm still bouncing back and forth with what I want to give it. Just I think just too much promotion, too much advertisements for me. The wrestling 
is easily a 9.75. Yeah. But I'll have to do a rewatch of it. Um, what the stories, the engagement, the pacing, the actual show, great. They hoard out a little too much about the money, so I'm gonna give it a nine five. The strongest nine five I could ever give something. Whew, that's a bold statement. Um, night one of thirty nine might be an all time great mania in and of itself. I do agree with you, Mister Fretz. Night one is a fucking classic. So yeah, good. <laughs> so, hit all the right beats. Yeah. Also, daytime wrestling. I just don't like daytime wrestling. Daytime wrestling is daytime wrestling is weird. It is very very weird. That's what makes uh, that's what makes WrestleMania thirty one weird. Like Undertaker's entrance during the day. Yeah. <laughs> Sting's entrance during the day. Who'd... Although I I will say though, um, <coughs> it did make it did make the main events mean more though. Yes. It makes it look better. Yes. It just it add it did add a little more oomph. Because mm-hmm. think of three matches there at night. Charlotte, yeah, Rhea. Rhea, Charlotte, the Usos, and uh, Jimmy and Jay, and Roman and Cody. Cody. That's we're it. in, we're in like total darkness. Yeah, total darkness. And those are three matches you want in darkness. Yeah, so, so good. It did work out. It did work out. But I just day wrestling is a little weird so for me. Good. Also, not that much pyro. Yeah, the reason for not that much pyro, uh, especially uh, on the outside, was that they are toked. They are too close to Los Angeles International Airport, also known as LAX. Not the tag team. Not the team formerly known as LAX, but the actual international airport and FAA restricts uh, fireworks when you are that close or any outside of any form of outside pyrotechnics when you are that close uh, to an to an airport. So that's the reason there was no um, there was no outside pyro. There was only inside and most of it was wasted on Cody. <laughs> most of it. Roman got a lot of pyro. Roman did get a shit ton of pyro. Um and also, thank God they're in a cannon because all that smoke just goes away. <laughs> so, so, but that's that's the reason that there wasn't any pyro. WrestleMania Hollywood, listen, one for the books. Philly's gonna be nuts if like if that's what they do this year. Philly's gonna be wild. I can't <laughs> fucking wait. <laughs> yeah, Philly's going to be knocking thoughts. Uh Not to be outdone, but totally outdone. Stand and Deliver was also earlier that day. Uh, big announcements there. Indy Hartwell is your new champion. She won the ladder match. Uh, I saw yeah, that. Next to cool. Loomis. And he is him. Carmelo Hayes, the man that we sponsored his last indie match, has finally made it to the mountaintop, beating Braun Breaker and becoming the NXT champion. You would have loved his Tron. He did, he did his name, Carmelo Hayes, in the Lakers logo. Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Trick Williams is still with them. Don't worry. Well, Trick Williams is still there. Um, and so, and then last night on NXT, Braun Breaker finally turned heel. <laughs> so, yay, character development. Yay. Good job, Braun. Uh, so, they're going to go for a round two, probably at Battleground in Lowell, Massachusetts, by the way, uh, which tickets went on sale. <laughs> <laughs> So, but Larry, folks, that is all we have. I'm surprised we made it in like an uh, hour 25. 90 minutes. Yeah, 90 not minutes. bad. I thought we were going to go longer because I was like, we are running heavy on the Endeavor and then Cody and Roman. I was like, we need to run heavy on this. Cause I thought we easily could have gone two hours. On Cody and Roman and the Endeavor deal alone. Absolutely. Yeah. Could have gone back and forth. Uh, but no, it was, it was, oh, I've, I've only been maybe this kind of exhausted from watching wrestling when I've been at WrestleMania's live. But the- yeah, like when we were there in person. <laughs> yeah. 
It was it was it was a really really good weekend. I did I did we fall in love with wrestling this past weekend, Absolutely. which is which is a lot of fun. Raw was ass. Raw was really bad. Yeah, there yeah there, there's there's a lot to be there was a lot to be left with Raw after Mania. I do like the heel turn though. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it's it's just weird. I I, I do like Brock's heel turn and uh, Cody. It's just like ooh, I'm telling you, man. It's only a matter of time before we start booing Cody. I know it's just it's weird. Hence again, why I think you should strike while you should have struck while it was hot. Um, Although when he beats Brock, though, <laughs> yeah. When Cody beats Brock after getting the fuck beat out of him for like three months, mm-hmm. there was something weird about that Brock beat down because I felt really off about. It. I was ch- I was chatting about it with the Queen really quickly um, during Raw. But there was something really, really weird about that. You know, especially the amount that they had to censor Brock. Like, Brock's a walking censor in and of himself. Because, like, you don't, you never know what's going to come out of his mouth. But they... This was a dagger <laughs> tattooed on his body. Yeah. Like, his whole chest. Yeah, but they censored him pretty harsh during that beatdown. And then the whole coming out and giving the finger thing. It made it to Hulu Raw. Yeah, I thought that was also a very weird touch, too. Was was kind of set my alarms when I read all the stuff about Vince and stuff, but it's still it just it just seemed off to me. Uh, and there's a lot of things that have been that need a lot of things answered uh, going into SmackDown into next week, especially with this deal looming. Which, by the way, just be as many folks, the Endeavor deal is not going to be finalized till the end of 2023 at the earliest. You know, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of bureaucracy and legal yeah. paperwork. Needs Preventing to any hiccups, so nothing is really going to change with the Payments product. need to go out. Like it's, it's, a, it's a lot. Long <laughs> yeah. So Triple H is still in control for now. As what? As so? Yeah. As that's what they're going to tell you. That's what they're going to yep. tell you yep. for right now. And so that's what we got. I mean, has has Triple H really booked much different than Vince? Um. He brought people back, and the matches are good, mm-hmm. and like few production things. Like they still have the they still have the spotlights for titles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Triple H made a few minor tweaks, but his booking policy was pretty similar. Like I don't think I think for Vince would have made too many different booking changes. I think the difference is the ability of. I don't. I think it's more of the creative collaboration instead of creative control. But I think the wrestlers felt with under Triple H, and I think they felt closer to Trips. Where Vince is kind of, from what I've learned, and from when you listen to a lot of wrestlers speak about it, Vince is very kind of he doesn't have a a hold on what on pop culture. He's very off to himself. You know, he kind of has his own office. People have to line up to go talk to him. Where Triple H seems like he's more friendly with them. You know, he's kind of he's 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 one of the boys essentially. Yeah. You know, which I think there was a little bit of safety with that as well. So I think that's the creative collaboration and cl- creative collaborative environment that Triple H really did uh, enforce. And I think it was more so like, unlike Vince, who was known to change his mind on the fly, I think Triple H would gave the wrestlers, I guess, a little bit of security where it was like, I have a plan. Here's the plan. We're sticking to it. You know, I think that's what they liked as well. Where nothing's gonna change on the fly. We're like, no, this is what this is what it is. Minus some minor tweaks here and there. Execute. We'll talk about the feedback later. All right. Type deal. I think that is the bigger difference um, with it all. And we'll see how Triple H kind of pans this out 
with everything because I think the biggest booking decision he had to make was the Roman and Cody main event. And we'll see how that plays out down the road. But until then, let's let's fucking get out of here and we can play MIB Asshole on the post show. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Kings of the Rings podcast episode number 335, Hollywood Hangover. And let me tell you, Hollywood had a show and probably their best show ever that probably should have gotten an Oscar. That was WrestleMania 39. Wow. The Probably the best two-night WrestleMania ever compared to last year as well. And who knows what comes from this, especially with WWE being bought out by Endeavor. I've been your host, King Ricky Rose. You still can't find me going on three months strong at Ambassador Big. Still can't find me there across all social media outlets. But you can find Kings of the Rings podcast at KOTR underscore podcast all across social media. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Twitch, all that other stuff. Uh, if you're listening to us, please listen to us on Wrestling Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. And follow Wrestling Radio socials at Addict underscore Wrestle on Twitter and Wrestling Radio everywhere else. We have some fantastic merch which I'm wearing right now on the stream um, and pretty kicking TikTok and YouTube page. The links to all of our stuff are in the description below and a Discord chat too. You can join us on Discord uh, as well. Again, links all of that in the description below. Will Tarashock. My name is Will Tarashock. That is T's and Thomas A-R-A-S-H-U-K, the founder of this podcast. Also the founder of Ambiguous Podcast Solutions and my other podcast, Talking with Tarashock, baby, this morning. I dropped an MLB 2023 preview Ooh. with two of my good old friends, Mr. Alan Schoenberg, who's a friend of the show, and Mike Wilkins, also a friend of the show. So we can get this. They're a fan of the White Sox and the Tigers, respectfully. I was like, oh, All right. enjoy another under 500 season. Both of you. <laughs> so we had a lot of fun making our predictions, telling stories about how I was 12 years old when he won all the World Series. As the Red Sox. Fun stuff. As the Red Sox. <laughs> yep. Unbelievable. <laughs> so we had a lot of fun, about 90 minutes Give or take. Talking about baseball. So, yeah. Okay. Check all that shit out. Yeah. Talk about Tarashock. Word, word, word. When we come back next week, we'll, maybe we'll have a special guest as the Friends of the Show era is still going on. Hint, hint for now. Um, and hopefully we'll have some progression in all of the major storylines in wrestling. AEW is going to Wembley Stadium. Good for Ben. N- Nigel Guinness is back in AEW. Good for Nigel McGinnis to return to wrestling. Uh, and whatever the hell is going to happen. Hopefully AEW also doesn't get bought up by Endeavor because that would be hell in a handbasket. But until then, folks, we're going to get out of here. See you on the post show if you're watching us live. Goodbye. Good night. And fuck you, Slack. This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.